Hey, yeah, I'm talking to you. Hi, thanks for joining me. Who am I? I'm Chuck Tuck, your host for Behind the Story with Chuck Tuck. And in today's story, my guest is Lorna Grayling. She's here to talk to us about her book, Kidnapped, which is based on a true story of her husband being kidnapped. But more than that, this is about her faith in God. So if you stick around and listen to it all, I think you're going to draw some inspiration from this. So let's get started. Lorna, thank you for joining me today and for the rest of our guests that are watching and listening. So Lorna Grayling, that's you right. Are an, you are an author. You are a speaker. You are, gosh, an actress. You have worked in uh, the news industry. So you've done so much. What have I missed? <laughs> well, thank you, Chuck. It's such an honor to be here and on your show. And um, wow, yes, I have done a few things. You know, I try and stay out of trouble. So I keep myself busy. Uh, I've got a very supportive husband and a family. They, um, they allow me to do all these crazy things. Uh, but yes, I actually studied, well, I was a national gymnast to start with in South Africa. And then after that, I decided I actually wanted to go and do physiotherapy, but um, I didn't have science. And in South Africa, you needed science all the way through to grade 12. And I thought, oh, well, massage, what's the next best thing? And I thought, I'll go and study beauty. You know, I think that sounds like the massage there. <laughs> so <laughs> I just, my friend studied beauty and I thought, oh, it sounds like fun. So I studied beauty. And um, one thing led to another. I, I finished my studies. I went to work in London for a year um, or two. I can't remember how long I was there for a while. And uh, yeah, I met my husband in London. Can you believe it? And uh, came back, to, went back to South Africa while I'm in Florida now. And uh, yeah, one thing led to another and I started my own business. So in the beauty industry, I started a big day spa, aesthetic center and a wellness center. I actually owned the biggest wellness center in Melville, which is an area in Johannesburg in Florida, uh, um, in South Africa. And yeah, a long story short, um, after COVID, we literally lost everything. 20 years of work, everything I've, uh, I want to, you know, you sweat blood sometimes yes. <laughs> when you own your own business. People like to, um, you know, use the word entrepreneur. And um, I, I suppose that's what I was, you know, or what I am. I just kind of see an opportunity and I go for it. But when you when you start something from nothing and you grow it into something so big without the know-how, without any knowledge, you just go as the, you know, go with the flow and handle the, the problems as they come. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's hard, hard work. So to lose all that was really, really hectic. And... Um, I am so excited about everything that happened to me because now I can share an incredible story of hope, um, you know, that it's not the end when it looks like the end. Uh, there is right. hope and there is strength and there's a lot more strength inside of us than we actually know. Um, they say even in sport, when you do sport, um, when it feels like you can't go anymore and the athletes and, you know, they will probably 
be able to say this as well, um, that when you train and you feel like you, 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 you're tired, you can't go anymore, you've actually only reached a, a, a very small percentage of your uh, potential. You can actually go like two or three times as far um, as your body is trying to tell you. So, yeah, it's just pushing past the feelings um, that is the tough part. But once yeah. you understand that and then you can do that consistently, man, we can reach greatness. <laughs> I believe that. But, and a, I think a lot of that um, faith plays into it a lot for you, right? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. My faith is everything. You know, I met Jesus when I was at a very, very low point in my life. Um, actually, Right in the beginning of opening my own business, I was, I was young, I was married, I had a small baby, I had started this huge business, um, and I was just working so hard. My husband was traveling a lot, he wasn't home, so I had this new baby, this big business, and I was just so overwhelmed. Uh, I had the wrong friends, I was partying, going out, not sleeping with the baby, not sleeping with the, you know, working too hard and, and I just crashed, my entire system crashed and I came to a point on my knees where I just couldn't see the way forward. And in that weak, weak moment where I felt like I just wanted to end my life, I literally met Jesus. I, f I felt in that moment, like I, I just called out, I said, God, if you are real, if you're alive, help me, show me. Because I'm just, I'm done. I can't continue. And he did. He called my name. He literally took me out of my body. And I felt like I went or ascended or, or just, it's like I opened my eyes in a new place. And I was, I believe, in heaven. And I was sitting on the edge of a well. Like I could imagine how they speak about in the biblical um, chapters. And I was on the side of this well, and it was a funny feeling because up to then, I wasn't really, um, you know, a very good person. <laughs> I mean, I wasn't bad, uh, but I had no relationship with God at all. I went to church to get married. I christened my child because it's the right thing to do. And I grew up in a Christian home, but I just did it because, you know, it was, it was done. And, you mm -hmm. know, ever so often I would go to church because, you know, you never know. <laughs> You so. know, that is interesting, <laughs> though, uh, where so many people who may not believe or they don't have faith, but in times of need, people just end up having, praying. Mm -hmm. But then there are a lot of the people who do that, mm -hmm. who, if something goes good, they immediately, they stop praying. But for you, it has stuck with you. It is in you. Um, as corny as it sounds, uh, God is in you. Amen. And the faith is 100% because yeah. it also helped you through a, a harrowing experience with your husband being kidnapped, too. Absolutely. And that's part of what you wrote about in your book as well, right? Yes, absolutely. You know what? I'm so glad that I reached rock bottom about 20 years ago and that I had that opportunity to meet Jesus because as I was sitting on that well, I couldn't even look up because I knew I wasn't good enough to be where I was. I realized I was in heaven and I realized I shouldn't be there because I had done nothing to deserve it. 
So I just, I was only able to look down. And as I was looking down, I saw this person come to me. I just saw a white robe, brown sandals with feet walking towards me. And I saw the holes in his feet and I knew it was Jesus. And I just started to cry. And I was never able to look up. I couldn't look up. But as he came to me, he touched me. And I felt waves and waves of electricity, of love. It's like love. It's just pure, pure, pure love. And it, it feels like it goes through your entire body. And, um, and I was just in the presence of the king for one second. And it changed my life completely. So... I had this incredible relationship with God from that moment onwards. And um, so when my husband was kidnapped, um, that happened to me about seven or eight years, or maybe a little bit more, after I had this encounter with, with, with God. And um, because of my encounter with God, because of the fact that I knew God was real, I was able to hang on to him with everything of my being. And I got through that harrowing ordeal with so much grace and power where, you know, um, people around me were even amazed by my strength and my faith. But it wasn't me. It was the faith inside of me that kept me that kept me up. So, yeah, my husband was kidnapped, and that's what my book is about. And I'm so, so blessed to be called the author of this book because it's really not my story. It's God's. <laughs> and it's there to bring faith and hope. I think so many people need that right now. But um, in 2010, my husband was on a work assignment in Nigeria. And he is a sound engineer, so he works for... Uh, productions, television productions, and they did sport, they did a soccer game or a football, as some people might call it, and they were traveling from one hotel from where they had the game to where they were going to fly out back to South Africa at the time. And as they were driving, they were suddenly stopped in Nigeria. They have a lot of police blockades. So they were stopped, their crew bus, and the next minute these guys started um, hitting the windows of the bus. And um, they realized, well, something is wrong. And then they uh, were ambushed. And these guys came into the bus. They saw my husband. They pulled him out by his neck and um, grabbed him out of the bus with force, with guns against them and shouting and people screaming. And, you know, everybody, they had to climb out of the bus. They lined them up on, a, on a, like a little grass wall almost, if I can say, like a little... Uh, anyway, a grass area on the side of the road, and they had to lie on their stomachs, some of the people. Uh, my husband not. He was held by the rebels. And uh, the one guy's phone actually rang, one of the guys that worked with my husband, um, lying on the grass on their stomachs. And they just shot him. They they shot the guy next to him. They emptied, uh, yeah, just full of uh, gunshots. And they shot the guy next to him as well in the leg. Um, and they continued shooting until they could hear the bone break inside of his leg. Um, and so that was the first moment that my husband realized that these guys are serious. This is no jokes. They kill people like it's nothing. It's just part of their day job. And, um, yeah, from that moment on, he was taken. And um, it's a, 
it's a harrowing story. It's an incredible story. It's all in the book how they they took him, how they uh, fled with him, 55 rebels with uh, rocket launchers, AK-47s, how they shot them their way through police blockades. It was like a war. It's like a, a war movie. You can't believe it. And how the bullets literally flew past him. He was one of, I think, 10 hostages, um, if I remember correctly. 10 or 12, I can't remember anymore <laughs> how many they were. Uh, but he was the only South African. And, um, yeah, so they were held captive wow. and hostage and um, literally uh, tortured. So what would happen is these rebels would want uh, ransom, money. It's all about money at the end of the day. And they would uh, phone me at home uh, on my cell phone and they would torture my husband. So they would take off his clothes, they would beat him with the flat side of a machete, which is like a big st steel blade. Mm -hmm. um, and those sounds would literally echo uh, through my body. It's like, you, I don't even hear it. I can feel it. it, it it's, a, it's hard to explain, but it's the fear and the, the feeling of him screaming and begging for his life was something that I would never forget. And, um, and yeah, then they would torture him and he would beg me for his life. He would literally be screaming, asking me to help him, help him, please. They're going to kill him. And then, um, the rebels would shoot and kill the phone wow. and the silence would literally just be deafening. So for days, um, I wouldn't know whether he is dead or alive. I wouldn't know whether they actually killed him or not. And, um, and it was in those moments where when time stands still, it just doesn't move. It's amazing if we look back at 2021 and some of us might just feel like, wow, where did the year go? It's like, just like that, the year is gone. It's like, what happened? Where was it? What did I do? <laughs> but in such a, a traumatic circumstance, like w with a kidnapping, when that phone dies and I don't know, what's happening i i heard him scream i heard the gunshots and now it's dead time just doesn't pass it's like it goes nowhere it feels like hours have passed and i would I look would at imagine. my watch and there's like yeah. a few seconds <laughs> yeah. well, i would imagine too that it, uh, when you said that they would fire the gun in the air or you're hoping that it's in the air and they cut the phone off I would imagine part of your heart drops and, and, and goes. And like you said, that's when that time just stops or just slows down. Uh, in that yeah. time, did you still have, were you looking towards faith, um, God, at any point in that time? Or was that just a secondary thought? Uh, no. I know that sounds weird to Goodness. ask. Yes, but... I'm so glad you asked it because going through something like that, I don't know how you can go through any trauma, actually, for that matter, where, whether it's a smaller trauma, whether it's a move or a first day at elementary school or a divorce or a job loss or whatever it is, um, you know, because even smaller things cause trauma as well. Uh, I don't know how you can go through it without really knowing that God is with you 100% of the time and, and feeling his touch, his presence, his support. Um, 
I, I don't know how anyone can go through something and without God. I wouldn't be able to. I would have completely lost my mind. Um, I, a lot of people couldn't understand how I'm not losing my mind. Um, I actually handled these phone calls from the rebels for eight days. And uh, there was wow. one day where my brother-in-law, my husband has a, had a twin brother, and he took one of the calls uh, from the rebels and just once. He took these calls and he was completely broken. He couldn't handle it. He, he ended up throwing up, um, you know, when going to the toilet, throwing up the stress of just handling one call was just so much. And it's not that he doesn't know God. It's just that I think at that stage, I just had this complete different understanding of who God is and of faith that it was a lot more real for me and I felt God support me in, in a completely different way. It's not just a little Bible verse or a knowledge that maybe God is out there, but I'm going to handle this by my own. Um, it was a complete and utter giving myself over into God's arms and allowing his strength to uphold me. And before my husband was kidnapped, I have to mention this because God is so good. You know, he never... He's always around us and he's always there to hold us. And he doesn't allow, like he doesn't make these things happen to us. Um, never. God is love. God is good. People choose bad paths. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, my husband went to work. It's his choice. <laughs> of course, we've got to go to work. But that was yes. his choice. He went to work. Uh, we chose that he, he did that job, you know, um, Obviously, we never knew it would be that dangerous, but it was still a choice, knowing, unknowing. Um, and those people, the rebels, they choose to do crime for a living. That's their choice. And I think a lot of people sometimes are mad at God when things go wrong in their lives. But it's not God who makes things go wrong. It's the world we live in. And God is there yeah. to protect us and to support us and to strengthen us if we're if we allow him. If. Yes. Because we can allow him a little bit and it wouldn't really, you know, feel like he's really there. <laughs> or those we are those times when we well, you're right though, because I, I think again, going back to what we were talking about at the very beginning where there's so many people that pray uh, when they pray, they're praying out of uh, necessity for that moment. And some people, when they pray, their prayer is more of a wish, not a prayer. Yeah. Because, you know, oh, I pray I get this. No, that's not how it works. <laughs> it's not pray that you want something, yeah. right? I mean, there there are a lot of people who pick and choose. And those are the not the right choices. Yeah. You, you, they have to do what you did is completely, 100%, fully and wholly open yourself up to accepting yeah you know i'm so um like i said because i had that experience with god prior to my um this dramatic event that happened to us i was able to handle it better having mm -hmm. had that experience with god and having walked with god for about seven or eight years before that um you know really passionately following god um in everything I do, that really helped me. Um, and before my husband was kidnapped, uh, a friend of mine, and I mean, this is how good God is. He prepares us for, for things. You know, if we see the signs, we can be prepared a lot of times. 
because a friend of mine, that was a Monday morning, he was uh, kidnapped on the 1st of March in 2010. And on that Monday morning, a friend of mine sent me a message to my cell phone and she sent me Psalm 91 and she uh, quoted the scriptures and at the end she said to me, Lorna, I feel God say to me this morning that no harm will come over any of your family. He will protect you. Because Psalm 91 is about, you know, God will send his angels to surround you. You won't even uh, hit your uh, foot against a stone. Anyway, it's a beautiful scripture, Psalm 91. Um, and I read that scripture and I just stopped while reading it and I just took it. I'm like, yes, I received this scripture. It's like I could feel it rooting in my heart. It wasn't just something that I read and like, oh, okay, cool. This is nice. <laughs> I really felt it. I don't know how to explain it. And when my husband was kidnapped, I immediately had this choice in front of me. I could decide to believe in the fear that is in front of me and believe in the circumstances that I see because that's very, very real. It's not like mm -hmm. not real. It's there. I can hear him scream. I can hear the gunshots. I see all the people in my house freaking out and the special forces and the investigation teams that are recording his phone calls and everybody discussing everything how are they going to get him out and how where is he and how are they going to find you know all these things are going on around me so this is real this is tangible this is something i can touch or i can believe in the unseen this word that i received this morning and every time something happened um and throughout the entire 10 days of his kidnapping, I had to constantly go back and choose to have faith in what God gave me. I had to constantly go back to that scripture and say, Lord, this is the word you gave me. Um, I believe it. I believe that you will carry me through this. I believe your angels is around me. I believe that you've got me. And even um, in, during the, I think about the fourth day that he was kidnapped, I really up to that, I was praying, Lord, please protect him. You know, protect him. We're going to get him out. I had so much faith that we were going to get him out. But on the fourth day, <clears throat> I started praying. I said, Lord, your will be done. Your will, not mine. If he has to die, I trust you that you will take care of me. I trust you that you will strengthen my children, <clears throat> that they will be able to grow up without a father. I trust you with all my heart. And I mean, this was a hard decision. I, while I was doing that, I was crying because I knew, you know, I'm literally now handing my husband over to God. And it's a scary thing to hand over things that we feel like we have control over, which is actually so untrue. We don't even have control over them, but <laughs> sometimes we feel like we have. But that moment when we hand over the reins or the, the steering wheel or the just hand it over to God. Um, it's such a release. And, um, and I truly believe that's why God gave him back to me. And that's why we did eventually get him out. And, and that's quite an incredible story of how we got him out. That we will have to, they will have to read the book to, to see that. That's right. That's right. <laughs> that's my hey, hook, a... my marketing pitch. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is a perfect time to pitch that book. So where will people go? 
yes. to purchase so, your book? Oh, my book is on all the public platforms on uh, book um, uh, Goodreads, on uh, Amazon, on um, Apple, on um, yeah, all the online book platforms that you can find. You just go and look for Kidnapped, a true story by Lorna Grayling. And uh, I have a website as well, so it is on my website link. There's an ebook and soft copy. It's just my name and my surname, Lorna, L O R N A, Grayling. It's like the color gray and then just ling.com. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, make sure, I'll <laughs> make sure I put all that. <laughs> I know, it's such a funny surname in America. Everybody can do the gray. It's like, gray, what? <laughs> gray ling. <laughs> and uh, yeah. We so, will have it in the description so they know exactly. <laughs> so www.lornagrayling.com and all my information is on there. And I do motivational speaking and all kinds of. Um, Wherever they need me, MC, TV, presenting, whatever they need, I'm available. And I'm in Florida, so fabulous place to be. (laughs) uh, Yes, especially this time of the year, if you're in the Pacific Northwest, compared to where you're at, we've got your 30 and you've got your 80. So I take the 80 degrees. (laughs) Yes, I love how you're thinking 30 is warm. (laughs) We had a warm week. We had 80. It was a whole lot better than 30. (laughs) Yeah, I want to be there. Um, Yes, come. (laughs) So your your faith is with you every day and all the time. Um, So how does faith play in your everyday role? And you have children, and I would imagine that you brought them up in in believing and in trusting in God. And I mean, it's, is faith the answer to everything? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Uh, Faith is the answer to everything. Uh, I can do nothing apart from my faith. Um, And even if you don't have faith in God, uh, just choosing against against fear, because there are two choices in life, whether you believe in God or not. Um, you can always choose. And we don't always realize that. But in every single situation in our lives, every day, uh, quite a few times, we actually choose between faith or fear. So, for instance, say um, now I woke up this morning, I look at my bank account, and I'm thinking, oh, my goodness, it's January. How am I going to get through this month? I can see (laughs) 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 may the best debit order win right (laughs) so immediately that can cause fear the fear of how am i going to pay for everything what if they take my car what if i don't make it what if i can't pay my bills what if uh you know something happens to me this month and i can't pay for that what if my car breaks down what if uh, you know, my kids need something and I can't pay for it. And what if this? And so those thoughts create a whole lot of fear um, in our minds. And we meditate on that fear if we don't con- consciously decide to choose faith. So faith is to choose the opposite. All right. So, all right, there's uh, almost nothing in my bank account. <laughs> what if I can find an extra job tomorrow? or the day after, and I can maybe get an extra income. What if I can manage to sell something in my house and I can, you know, pay for something that I need? What if my kids don't need anything this month? What if it's a great month and nothing breaks? Um, What if uh, a miracle happens? (laughs) 
you know, and uh, I get an extra speaking engagement or, um, yeah. So sometimes, you know, we can, tough times can move us into a whole new uh, road and a, a way of doing things if we allow it to make us better. But often we don't and it makes us bitter and we get mm-hmm. this fearful mindset, poor me, uh, nothing is ever going right for me. It's just another problem. It's another thing. And we look at other people sometimes and I can often do that like, oh, they've got it so good. How, you know, what am I doing wrong? Why, <laughs> why are all these bad things happening to me? And they just look like they're smooth sailing. Um, but they're probably not. They probably also have issues. They just don't complain about it half as much. Because <laughs> <laughs> right. uh, I'm saying, I want 80. I want 80 degree weather. But, uh, you yeah. know, you're so right about choice. We all yeah. have choices. And especially I love what you just said about if there's that negative. Mm. A lot of people meditate. Yes. Uh, they do. They concentrate. They are focused. They meditate on that negative rather than. Yes looking for something positive or make or choosing that positive yes. making that choice so and it's a very very difficult thing to do it sounds so easy choosing between faith and fear of course we know if we're believers we we choose faith of course right but mm-hmm. we don't often do that and during the kidnapping i was so aware and i just believe it's the grace of god that made me so aware but i was so constantly aware of that choice and choosing to have faith. So after I would have this horrendous phone calls and I heard the shooting, the reality is real. I mean, if we have a job loss, the reality is real. It's in front of you. I don't have work. I don't know how I'm going to pay my things at the end of the month. Um, That's the reality. The faith, however, is to choose to believe that it will work out to the best of um, you know, it will work out for the best. Let me let me rephrase it like that. Whatever is happening to me now is going to end up good. This is for the best. Um, and, you know, there are ways to go and meditate on faith. I had to put on worship music. I had to literally set my mind on the things above because the things in front of me, the reality was so real. So it's almost like going into an unrealistic bubble um, and meditating on, on the good, on the possibility that things can actually work out better than they were before. Yeah. And yes, yeah. it might take time and it might not look like that right now, um, but it will. I mean, we lost everything, everything I ever worked for. Uh, after COVID, my husband couldn't work internationally because all the borders were closed for 18 months. He didn't work. Uh, we couldn't pay our house. Uh, we lost our home, our cars, my business, everything. And at that time, I really started to uh, not believe in, uh, to choose faith. Slowly and gradually, I decided to allow the fear of tomorrow. What if I never get up again? What if I can never start another business again? What if I, uh, what if I lose my car? What if I lose my house? The fear of the what if is actually worse than actually losing it. Because once you've lost it, you lost, you, you make another plan. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And uh, all those things worked out uh, to the best for our family. Now we are, we're in America. Um, I'm promoting my book. It's doing so well. It's a number one new release awarded on Amazon. I'm getting so many speaking engagements. 
um, and I'm able to bring hope and use my life to empower others. Um, my kids, I mean, they are loving the new experience in America. What a blessing to come to a, a you know a different country and start a, a different life. It's such an adventure, um, and so what happened to us actually turned out for good. Uh, but I believe only because I was uh, able to allow it to make me better and forgive my country, you know, for, for uh, all the things that happened to us. Forgive, um, you know, the government for locking us down and, and causing us to lose everything. And just that forgiveness, like, because sometimes also we hold on to things that we don't realize that makes us mad. You know, we want to blame someone or forgive ourselves sometimes for making wrong decisions. And by forgiving, we release something as well that can allow us to have victory. Um, it's just emotionally such a big thing to forgive. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, we just, I saw such power of God once I, I went through all that forgiveness and I uh, started to choose faith again, to believe that what is happening to me now, maybe this is, this is going to work out awesome. Maybe this yeah. is for the best. <laughs> I, I think, you yeah. know, that, that's the one thing where I think where people either fail to continue their faith and believe because they have a vision of what they think the outcome should be, not what God's outcome so you need to have that faith to to let it go the direction it is meant to go. Because if it is meant to be, it is meant to be, and that's the way it will go. Yeah. And um, I, I don't think a lot of people understand that. But the other thing, too, is you you are fantastic as a speaker. Because you, you use some great, <laughs> great you words. So, you, so <laughs> if there's a corporation, somebody out there listening <laughs> Got to hire this woman right oh, here. Oh, please do. Uh, yes, I love it. <laughs> I have lots of funny stories as well. You know, I have three teenagers. So I think everybody who can survive teenagers, I mean, a kidnapping is nothing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Parents, they will give me the yes. Uh, amen, sister. Preach it. <laughs> I know now why certain insects eat their young. You know, get them when they're small. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so, yeah, we, I love speaking on parenting. And I think in terms of faith and fear, that is a big thing for parents as well. When life gives you oh, sometimes such a, a slap or a, even just throws you down. Like uh, <clears throat> I always like to use that analogy when, when your boat is rocked. Um, in my case, I felt at one stage like <clears throat> my boat completely was turned around, shaken out. I was like under the water trying to breathe. <laughs> well, there was no boat anymore. <laughs> I wasn't even getting out of the boat. Other people, just get out of the boat, walk on the water. I'm like, what boat? <laughs> I'm drowning in a storm. Uh, but anyway, so, you know, the fear of when you parent kids is like, oh my gosh, how, how is this going to affect my family? How is <clears throat> all these circumstances going to affect my children growing up and you know, that kind of fear often also grabs parents and can, when you operate from a place of fear, we make different choices and we make anxious choices mm -hmm. um, and we parent from an anxious space. And that is never good and that is never positive and it's never powerful. So for me, even during all these things, 
it's to constantly, and some days I get it right, some days I don't. I have to then realize again, oh, no, no, what you did now was from a place of fear. But then I've got to go back to faith and say, Lord, I know that what is happening to us right now is the best thing that could happen to us. And I know yeah. that God has got us. And even though, you know, today my, my kids might look upset or traumatized or whatever, I know that God is going to give me the right words and the strength to get through this. And that this is going to empower them in their lives for their callings and, and make them more compassionate towards other people and more understanding and stronger um, to handle life that comes to them. And hopefully that through the way that my husband and I carry things in prayer and, you know, with each other, um, that will also empower them to see. But, you know, life isn't always like a fairy tale and like the movies you know, the prince and the princess meet and they lived happily ever after. But nobody ever films the happily ever after because that's not true. <laughs> it is not. <laughs> it's a struggle. <laughs> but if they're aware that it might be a struggle, but you've got to persevere through the struggle and then you see the beautiful again, um, then yeah. they're ready for that. It's not such a shock when they come to life and it's like things go wrong. It's like, how did this happen? Poor me. Is this normal? <laughs> yes, it's normal. Well, it's life. <laughs> it, it's life. That is right. Mm. Uh, I'm going to go out on a limb mm. and make this comment because I have not had the opportunity yet to read your book. But I'm going to guess your book has a lot about faith. So this yeah. book... Um, the, the full title is Kidnapped. Um, well, it's a full title. Yeah, it's, it's just, just called Kidnapped, a true story okay. Uh, okay. by Lorna Grayling. And yes, it's, you know what, it's, um, it's very, very interesting how we wrote it because it's my story, my side of the story, and then my husband's side of the story. And how we both um, experienced the, the complete, opposite worlds where we were and how the kidnapping happened and where mm -hmm. I was when I got the news, how I got the news and how I reacted and how he was kidnapped and everything that happened to him for the, for the 10 days. Uh, it's a phenomenal story, um, his side. But because he was surrounded by so much evil, uh, I mean, 55 evil, evil rebel forces and fear, so much fear, um, it's so powerful the difference um, that we experienced because I had so many believers around me praying for me every single day, coming to my house, laying hands on me, my home cell group, uh, people who supported me in faith, people all around the country that kept on phoning me and praying for me. Um, and my husband wasn't. He was completely deserted uh, with fear and evil. And, you know, just the, that I, we try to make that really real and visible in the book because mm -hmm. in life, these are the two paths that we're going to experience, either faith or fear. And it might not be so extreme, but it's still the division. There's no in-between. There's no, like, medium middle. Mm -hmm. You're either in faith. Or you're in fear. There's no, that's, a, that's the two options that you have. Every single day, every single decision, every thing that enters your mind, you can oh. handle it in e either way, faith or fear. Um, 
And yeah, so just the, the, the difference between it and, and what it does and how it can numb you and drain you and make you weak or it can empower you. Faith empowers you, it gives you strength, yeah. gives you hope, it gives you joy. Um, so, it's a whole different mindset, yeah. I want the, uh, the, the listeners and the, uh, the viewers to know that this book is more than just about, even though I have not read it, just <laughs> getting from your bio and from listening to you, this book is more than just about a book about someone being kidnapped, your husband. It's more, it, it has a lot to do with, it can, it, it can affect your everyday life, your choices. I'm going back to using your word, mm-hmm. choice. You have, mm-hmm. a, you have a decision you can choose. Um, you, you either go and meditate and dwell on the fear and the negative, or you trust and believe in faith and let... Uh, let that direction go the way it's supposed to, whether you uh, believe in Jesus or not. Yeah. You, you still have that choice and you follow that direction or yeah. you allow that direction to guide you. I don't, is guiding the right word? It, yeah, I mean, uh, you know what? And I think for me, um, knowing Jesus is so awesome because I can, I mean, he gives me these these words of wisdom, these knowledgeable moments of choosing between faith and fear. He makes me aware um, of how to overcome difficult things because I listen to his word, I read the Bible, I, when I'm you know, down and out, I will go and search for scriptures and I will sit in prayer, I'll meditate, I'll ask his advice. I'm never alone. No matter what happens to me in my life, no matter how I feel, I never have to feel like I'm alone and I've got to tackle this by myself. If I have a situation that I have no idea how I'm going to overcome this, I can have the faith that God is on my side. And even though it might seem really tough right now, that I'm going to wake up tomorrow and it's going to look a whole lot better. And I know that God is going to place people on my path that is going to guide me through it and help me through it. And also that, that assurance that this life is not the end. Um, you know, there's a life after this life, whether we believe in it or not. <laughs> there's a life yeah. after we die. Um, and that kind of brings a whole new perspective to our life here on earth. Because now the things that seem important, the big house, the fancy cars... Um, you know, I had staff working for me, big business, a lot of status. Um, all these things are not really important. Uh, the important thing is, what am I doing with my life? Am I making a difference? Mm-hmm. Am I impacting the world around me? Am I bringing love to other people? Uh, will I one day when I die, what will my legacy be? Oh, she had a fabulous car. <laughs> Wow, I don't know, right? By then there's a whole lot of new cars and that car won't be so fabulous anymore. Um, you know, but impacting someone's life and making a difference in someone's life is a legacy that goes beyond generations. That mm-hmm. impact will reach the next generation because that person who was impacted by your life, um, even this podcast that you that you are hosting, Chuck, is impacting other people's lives and that can impact in return their generations again they might hear something on your podcast that 
that affects their life in a positive way. Um, and that is so powerful. I heard this story once. Um, it was so beautiful. It's about a guy. He has no arms and no legs. He was born like that. And um, he was in school and he was really being teased, obviously, and being bullied. And, and he felt really bad about himself, obviously, because of how he looked. And he was going to go home that day and commit suicide. And um, on his way home, uh, a, a girl in his school passed him. And she just smiled at him and she stopped and she was just kind to him. She just spoke to him that day. Uh, out of the blue, she just asked him how he was, called him by name, and she was just nice to him. And he went home and he didn't commit suicide that day because someone was just kind to him and smiled at him. And he thought, well, maybe there's more of that out there. Maybe I should hang on one more day. And one more became two and, and so on and so on. And now yeah. this guy um, is Louis Wojcicic. I don't know if I'm pronouncing it correctly, if I'm even telling the story correctly, but that's uh, what I heard on, on a podcast. Um, I mean, now he's a speaker all over the world, um, empowering and inspiring millions of people uh, because one girl was kind to him one day. And we mm -hmm. don't always realize how our stories and how our smiles and our kindnesses can literally save someone's life. I yeah, love absolutely. that story. <laughs> so I, it's okay. So if, if you are watching, if you're listening and if you don't believe, if there's no faith in you, there is two things that you can do and you just hit it. That will, that will carry on. And nah, I, it's, you know, I'm just going to say it. There are two things, one gesture and one word a smile, and a hi or hello. And that can save somebody's life or it can make somebody's day that much better. And the reward that you will get in return is tenfold what you just gave. So I, I, I sounds really corny, but you know, it, just those two things, that smile and that hello are so powerful. And again, like in your story that you just mentioned from a podcast that you heard, it's, it saved someone's life. And then they went on to now inspire and probably save more lives. So, Amen. <laughs> yeah. It's, it, this, this is really fantastic. What I really, there, there's a couple things, again, in my head while you're speaking. Uh, a, a, it's not really a hymn, but a song came up uh, from Bible school. I will make you fishers of men. That oh. popped into my head. And then uh, if you go to like Matthew 419 and read through there, um, it, it, it's a great, I'm just going to call it a story just for people so they will really check it out. So you can, you can Google and you can listen to I Will Make You Fishers of Men and then you can go to Matthew 419. But Lorna, I wanted to ask you, is there a, um, a scripture or, or a verse or anything like that that you could uh, yeah. Let us know to yeah. uh, to follow to read for sure. I think my favorite scripture is Philippians four thirteen, and it says that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, and uh, I I meditate on that often because daily I feel like I I don't know if I can do this. I I think this is too big for me. 
um, I don't know if I can do this. I don't know if I can. Um, you know, I'm too scared. Or uh, I don't know. Like even just going to another country, moving my entire family to a different country, uh, doing a book tour, uh, speaking internationally on television stations, uh, radio stations, all these things. Uh, it's a scary thing. And um, even in the middle of it, I feel scared and I'm not sure if I'm doing the right thing. And even afterwards, I think, oh, my gosh, what did I even say? Did it even make sense? <laughs> and, um, and, you know, I don't know, how am I going to do this again? Um, I can do all things through mm -hmm. Christ who strengthens me. Uh, and I meditate on it and I, until I believe it. And sometimes I have to do it a lot of times before I actually believe it. <laughs> Because, you know, <laughs> with the big things. Um, but we can. We can do yeah. these things. We can do all things. And yeah, maybe you can't do all things today, but there's still a whole lifetime ahead. Um, you know, you never know how life can just change in an instant. And just yeah. as it can change for the worse, it can change for the better as well. Um, I had a, a job offer as a news anchor. Just a quick story of things that can change in an instant, better or worse. You know, my husband was kidnapped within a second. Our whole lives was turned upside down. But again, to the other side, I did some modeling. I always wanted to be on TV, but I, um, you know, I never had the courage. I was uh, actually quite shy in school in terms of reading in front of a class or speaking up in front of a audience I love being with people and I'm always you know love talking to people I love jokes and all that but when I'm standing in front of a crowd my legs just used to give way underneath me I couldn't breathe I couldn't speak um, if we had to read in class I would literally sweat it was running down me I, I man it was like an anxiety attack like you can't believe um and when I met God, I thought, you know what? I, I believe I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And I know I don't have what it takes to, to be on live TV, but I want to be on TV. I want to be a TV presenter. And uh, I did some modeling also at a later age. I never thought I would do that. And I won an international world title in Atlanta, Georgia, and America. And uh, because of that, someone saw me somewhere and they just phoned me. They said, look, we, we're looking for a, a news anchor. Are you interested? And um, I'm like, yeah, sure. They said, can you read news? I'm like, yes, of course. They said, have you read before? I'm like, yeah, sure. And they said, can you come in? I'm like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> I read the news <laughs> and they hired me. And uh, <laughs> that was that. And I mean, I was freaking out. I was so scared. I remember when we were doing uh, uh, two weeks of just pre preparing for the for the live show. It was a brand new news show. Uh, I took my phone and a, and a stand with me and I would record myself on the side while we were doing the recording uh, on air just to see what am I doing and how can I improve myself and, and to look better and to just go through it, go through the fear. I mean, literally, I would feel like I, I'm going to faint right on live TV and, uh, and I just push through it. That's that fear uh, that makes mm -hmm. us believe that we can't, but we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. We really can. So, yeah, I believe that with all my heart. <laughs>
So thank you for watching and listening to this podcast. I hope you drew some inspiration from Lorna's story. And if you don't mind, please pass this around and share. It's always good to be able to share things that may inspire others. So again, this is Chuck Tuck, your host with Behind the Story with Chuck Tuck. So long.